is the problem. Calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about right. I keep telling my colleagues uh, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. First of all, what a time to be alive, huh? I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. It's a good news day right here, live from the Studio C. Oh, silence by the left. Please, Senor. <laughs> a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Com. That's what this is. Um, compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I don't know, Tucker Carlson? That's a good one. Impeachment. Yeah, I think Nancy telling, announcing out loud, we're not going to go down the impeachment road. Is, so shut up. Is a pretty big deal. Shut up, you. I agree. It's a big deal. Um, People are certainly making a big deal about it. You don't think it's a big deal? I do. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly big deal. She runs the house that would make impeachment happen and says, I'm not doing it. Yeah. When all your other uh, all are, uh, beneath your people, it seems like the only thing they think about all day long. Certainly those who are getting the conversational oxygen are hammering that point, yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, she announced what... Well, the only reason I'm not as excited as some people, and maybe I should be, it'd be great to fake it for talk radio's sake. This is a big development! Well, I think it is a big development. Yeah. For, just from my standpoint, I think it's a big development. Okay. Well, she's she's been saying essentially the same thing for quite some time. Not this definitively. Though. Yeah, but, and okay, All right, well, we'll talk about it in a while. we got a lot to cover this morning. We'll take opposing views and yell at each other, then go to break. I think she, well, you know, first of all, I'm not going to give her credit for being a person who's putting America first, and she's just concerned about the country. Though what, her, <laughs> though her verbiage, though her verbiage is accurate in that it would, it would be divisive, it's not good for the country, Mm-hmm. You know, et cetera, et cetera. That's all very accurate verbiage. What she means is it would hurt our brand, right? The Democratic Party. What she means is, well, to me, this is—it's the same thing I was saying last week. It's clear that they have heard about the Mueller report. That's why so many people on the right, including uh, Donald Trump Jr. and I heard Newt Gingrich over the weekend saying they need to release the entire Mueller report. Newt Gingrich must be hearing the same things. And all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi and others are, no, 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 the old Russian thing. I don't even, I don't even with Russia, I don't even remember what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it sounded like you said nude Gingrich, and now that's all I can picture. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. That's interesting. My son, who has OCD, uh, sudden onset OCD with this pans thing he's got, mm-hmm. but it manifests itself in different ways. And uh, w- one of the ways now is whenever he's eating something, Gross images pop into his head. Oh, boy. And so then he can't eat. It's called food restriction in the world of OCD. I was unaware of it. I've never heard of it. But that. some people get it bad enough like they they start losing weight. They can't eat or anything like that. But everything he's eating, he's, I said, so what, what pops into your head? And he said, I don't know, boogers or worms. Or, and just the images pop into his head right while he's eating. Oh, boy. Until he can't eat or not. Wow. 
I, that's terrible. So maybe lad. you've got that now with the nude Gingrich. <laughs> stop saying it. You won't be able to get that image out of your head. Get over it if you stop saying it. <laughs> but anyway, so I think Nancy heard the same things everybody else heard on the street. And all the reports got nothing. Yeah. And she thought, oh, okay. She left um, the uh, door open, though. Something so major and ugly and bipartisan came along, she would reconsider the problem. How is that a big deal? Wouldn't you have to be a lunatic, like a complete crazy person, to stay state out loud? We won't impeach him no matter what happens. Right. If it turns out he murdered 20 school children, right. we will not pursue impeachment. That right. would make you a, a crazy person. It is a position that need not be stated. <laughs> well, right. But she's, she's positioning now. If the impeachment comes... It's over her great, strenuous hesitations. Bipartisan. Only because we had to on a bipartisan way so it won't hurt the brand. It's brilliant positioning. She stuck her neck out there. The the AOC crowd and those others are not liking. In fact, we've got some clips. Tom Steyer going nuts. We got some clips in our news about that. Divisions in the party. I'm loving it. I like a food fight. I like people being unhappy. Watching other people being unhappy (laughs) makes me happy. Wow. Okay. There you go. (laughs) I wonder if I could get that food restriction OCD thing going with, like, donuts and stuff like that. Yeah. Can I was, they give you that? I wasn't going to make that that comment, you know, out of sympathy for your lad. But, yeah, I clearly, stepping on the scale this morning, I could use a, a, just a touch of it. <laughs> with shrimp, with cheese, Ooh. with gravy. Oh, there's nude Gingrich <laughs> Let's introduce everybody oh. in the squad. That's board operator Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. You know, about a month ago, I, I didn't want to say anything, but I became a homeowner. I, I finally bought... Congratulations! I, I, I've saving... Wow! Uh, saving you kept that a, a secret. Time. You're a homeowner now. Oh, because I wanted to make sure... It, I was kind the of prison. paranoid. I wanted to make sure everything had gone through. And, and Oh, know. amen to that. Yeah. But... So it's an enjoy, especially in the state you live in, it's a smooth and enjoyable yeah. process, isn't it? Right. It, it's why would very, you have very to, tough. Why would you have to sign nine hundred pieces of paper, none of which you comprehended? I'm guessing. No. I, I you know, certainly you understand the terms of whatever loan you may have entered into, right. but the other nine hundred things. Yeah. This is just an agreement that you've read the uh, disclosures of the some of those and the cancer causing. Okay. And it depends on the uh, the loan person you have. But I've done this several times where people say, you know, I've, I uh, I used to work in uh, Idaho, and there's like four pieces of paper. But isn't right. it funny? We we have seven thousand. Yeah. Anyway, what was my favorite one? I had to sign a form stating that I understood that if I didn't make any house payments, that was defaulting. And they could foreclose on the loan. Because and I was thinking, well, that's, that's in the loan. So that's somebody, what the loan is. That means somebody got away with saying, I didn't know I had to make the house payments. Or at least sued, and, and, and it got tied up in court and cost the mortgage company $50,000 or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the hardest part for me was getting the down payment, actually. It, well, they that's, really that's, want, a, yeah, they, they yeah. live for a lot now. They want, yeah. they want money, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it is, yeah, yeah. Well, we could talk about that because that, that's a problem. I was, I was actually an article about that the other day in the uh, Wall Street Journal about the whole 20% down payment thing. It used to be not only zero down, but they would give you like 5% of the house to buy the house. Right. And now 20% under all circumstances, no matter what, no matter how good your credit is, no matter how much money you make, no matter you know, how solid you are, got to be the 20% right then, which is just ridiculous. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Well, I a, a day came that I, I much like Michael. He, you know, I'm he finally crossed the threshold. He's a homeowner. That's a big day. And somebody's Absolutely. like, right? I too have had a checkpoint. 
I think I'm a thin crust pizza guy. <laughs> huh. wow. I, I just don't really have. I look at a pizza menu, and if there's an option for a thin crust, I just I automatically just get that one. The the it's I can still be convinced for a deep dish, but your typical just kind of big doughy. You know your your pizza chain crust things. I just can't do it anymore. Show, Joe's the Chicagoan. What's the true pizza? Well, it's, it's it's they're multiple. They're they're all legit. There's this idea from people who are not Chicagoans that Chicago style pizzas got to be the deep dish with the sauce on top. Right. right. I love that as much as I love acts of uh, uh, of, of sexual gratification with Newt Gingrich. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, please. We you know we. We'd talk history afterward. Um, I love the deep dish pizza with all of my heart, but thin style Chicago pizza is just fabulous. It's great. I know I'm surrounded by thin people. I I don't like the thin pizza that much. If I I, I would never choose it on my own. But anyway, back it's, to it's it's like people who hear Jamaican they bring up reggae. It's fine. It's correct. But to a Jamaican, it gets annoying after a while. <laughs> there's, look, there's more to the country than that. We got beautiful because we got beaches. We get oh, never mind. So there are many legitimate choices. Yeah, I I used to mock the thin crusters, and now I'm one of them. So mm. that's that's a story of change. You're like you're like Tucker Carlson. And you've uh, matured. I prefer not that. Tom, you're very very much like Sean. Him. Did not appreciate practically that. the same guy. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. We have a political birthday today, my friends. A tip of the hat to Utah Senator, former presidential candidate, who I had a chance to advise. Yes, I met a guy yesterday, seven feet tall. I figured he had to be in sport, but he wasn't in sport. Mitt Romney turning 72 today. That's Another why, kick in the gut. That's why he did not win. He cannot connect with the regular guy and gal. He can't connect with regular millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt's net worth is uh, somewhere, we're told, between 190 to $260 million. Wow. It's kind of hard to pin it down because... Apparently, a lot of it is in blind trusts and offshore accounts. That's the way to go. <laughs> and he got beat up for being rich, even though Nancy Pelosi, is she still the richest person in so. all of all of government? I believe but so. Why is the radar for that well, for some reason? Yeah, although uh, Diane Feinstein is enormously wealthy. Um, Civil servant, don't you know? Her hubby sh- makes good money on government contracts. <laughs> wow. Idiots. <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, March 12th, the year 2019. Or Armstrong and Getty, we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the show now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. To talk with the comparatively few who understand the mechanics of banking, but more particularly with the overwhelming majority of you who use banks for the making of deposits and the drawing of checks. I want to tell you what has been done in the last few days and why it was done and what the next steps are going to be. For the making of deposits and the drawing of checks. What was that? So I would like to welcome you guys to Name That President. So this is a historical audio thing. In this day, in some years uh, past, I can't tell you because that would give it away. Okay. This Barack audio, Obama. <laughs> no, that is incorrect. Please, Obama! i, I got to get through the open, sir. <laughs> so hey, that, this was a historical release on this day, someday in our history. I need you guys to name that president. That would be the inventor of the vacuum cleaner, Herbert Hoover. <laughs> no, that is incorrect, sir. Can uh, you name that president? Franklin. Franklin, 
I'm going to need a full name. There was no. Mm, I don't. I don't know. President Franklin. <laughs> I don't know who that was. No, that was uh, that was. You, you, you get to narrow it down to early 20th century because of the audio. But yeah, that was yeah. President Roosevelt giving his first ever fireside chat. Oh really? Oh, that was that was Roosevelt. Yeah, that what was, was in 1933. And thanks what everybody the for of checks and the depositing of money. Thanks for being here for the first ever edition of <laughs> wow. Name That President. I was, I was bad at it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> thanks for showing up, Andy. That was a dry speech. You could get away with that back in the day because nobody had anything else to do. But with drawing of checks, people were starved for entertainment. God, I did. Thanks for explaining what a bank is to me. Appreciate that. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Nancy Pelosi's pronouncements exposing yet another split among Democrats. Yes. U.S. making a move in Venezuela and the connection between green tea and Alzheimer's. Coming up. Cause or cure, I better stay tuned. Absolutely. I drink a lot of green tea. How does mail bag look? Oh, it's very nice. We've got a great freedom-loving quote of the day. Also, a a Montanan who doesn't want any more Californians to move there and has a hilarious description of life in Montana. Fantastic. Very good. Awesome. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, how's it going there? Here I'm showing you Getty Show. Good morning. Yes, we will play you some of the outrageous, horrifying Tucker Carlson tapes. So you can hear them and judge for yourself whether he should be shoved out of his job, which is the only appropriate reaction if you are offended by something and the people speaking it are how, conservative. How are we going to air them? They're beyond uh, explicit. If you don't have the courage, Jack, to confront the truth, wow! Perhaps you should just leave it, the room. It is. It would be career-ending to air what he said. I mean, it's it's <laughs> over it. the top bad language. The, yes, the worst of worst language. That I don't. You know, doesn't bother me. But it's not just like a BS. The worst or language is ancient Aramaic. <laughs> In spite of the fact that Jesus spoke it, it's very difficult to learn. Very few verbs. Mailbag. Yeah. yeah, well, we have the arable stuff. Basketball fight, basketball fight. Oh, it's over. One guy Sorry. went to choking another guy. That's really? a good fight, yeah. That's wow. a serious fight if somebody's choking somebody. Yeah, good. Uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Harry Brown, American writer, investment advisor, Libertarian Party's presidential nominee in 96 and 2000 before we started nominating mental patients. Uh, one Gary Johnson in particular. And then a vice presidential candidate who's in no way a libertarian. That was a good decision. Good party you're running. Where were we? Ah, yes, the freedom-loving <laughs> quote of the day. Since no one but you can know what's best for you, government control can't make your life better. Mm, I would argue that I don't always know what's best for me. 
Except for Jack. That's what Harry Brown. I'd rather make the decision than someone else, but certainly. You can't start with the idea that I know what's best for me. So Trevor from Missoula, Montana, has a couple of things on his mind, including speculation about the secretive uh, Hanson, our executive producer, who we introduce everyone on the squad, but he never says anything. And he uh, he imagines someday Hanson is uh, forced to leave the studio. Oh, he's decided to write some A&G fan fiction about Hanson. Some days wow. Hanson is forced to leave the studio to care for Sean's cats. Other days he's ghostwriting jokes for Michelangelo. Even Every once in a while he has to nurse a marshal back from a grape-fueled hangover. And he also pictures Hanson in control of the long-lost staff beating wand. Absolutely. And yes, he does dress like Indiana Jones with the whip in hand. But uh, my favorite part of Trevor from Missoula, Montana's email is that he uh, fled uh, Cal Unicornia years ago, hasn't looked back. Please don't tell anyone I live in Montana. But if you do, tell them the bears ride moose through 10 feet of snow just to attack you as you walk to work. And there are no cars here. (laughs) Boy, that is so common. I hear from Texans. I hear from Idahoans. I hear from all sorts of people saying, for God's sake. Please let me be the last Californian to move to this state. That's that's an that's an interesting. I don't don't quite get that phenomenon, but it's clearly true. So you fled a certain area because you didn't like stuff about it, but you're bringing a lot of that stuff with you that the natives don't like. What? The, how how later? What? The, okay. Uh yes. Well, it's. I think people decided to leave place A. And they think place B looks more attractive, but they just want it to be a little more what it is. Hmm. Not a lot more. I want it to be a little more familiar. So we're going to pass a lot more regulations and safety this and that and cancer warnings and the rest of it. Wow. Marshall's News, and then we'll get into all of it coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Such a complicated game, your politics. Oh, by by the way, first of all, I remember, and I, I thought this was awful, but when Sarah Palin was on the scene, they made some sort of porno with a lookalike actress. Yes. Has there it's been, disgusting. And and I every time I watched it, I grew more disgusted. And I accidentally said nude Gingrich earlier. <laughs> Has somebody made that movie, or is that still open to be made out there? <laughs> Surprisingly, they haven't found funding for that project. And it would cost 150 bucks to make. I think you both would be surprised. <laughs> nude Gingrich. This is sick enough. But anyway, back to the politics being such a complicated game is the story we're about to get into. I feel like Republicans were excited and happy and Trump supporters when Nancy made her big announcement last night about no impeachment. I think I think he's, I don't think that's good news if you want Trump to be reelected. Anyway, now the news with Marsha Phillips. Uh, House Speaker Pelosi dismissing the prospect of impeaching President Trump despite calls from some lawmakers on the left of the Democratic Party. Pelosi saying in a Washington Post interview, I am not for impeachment. This is news. I'm going to give you some news right now because I haven't said this to any press person before. But since you asked, and I've been thinking about this, impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. She is trying so hard to tap the brakes on the fired up college girl wing of the Democratic Party. 
which has got, you know, the energy and the press's attention at this point. And not just them. I think them. she's starting to grow seriously concerned. Not just them, the chairs of a lot of her big committees. Your Schiff, he's all for it. Uh, whoever, uh, Nadler, who put all, all those subpoenas last week, they've been on all the talk shows talking impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Nadler for has not. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, he's, 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 a, he's a serious guy. He said, I believe we have evidence that he's obstructed justice oh, already. Yeah, the so yeah. they, they were running down that road. I think she just felt like, I've got to jump in front of this and stop it before mm. it gets so out of control I can't. Right. And... You know, I was enjoying it going down that road because it was going to be bad news. <laughs> right, right. But, well, if she's got the college girl uh, coalition and uh, guys like Gerald Go Nadler, uh, as I prefer to call him, um, th- then wow. th- then she has a significant uh, threat to her authority. Oh, Schiff wasn't happy about this. Schiff. No way. Schiff. What a blot on the American <laughs> the, the face. Here's, he is. A, here's another person I got uh, quoted in front of me. Uh, doesn't matter who. He got Tom Steyer financing yeah. all of it with yeah. zillions of dollars. We'll hear about that in a second. But so sure. here's another uh, prominent Democrat said, I felt her statement didn't leave much wiggle room, and I respectfully demur. I took an oath to the Constitution, not to the Democratic Party. So well, uh, not everybody agrees with her. I borrowed my high horse for a couple minutes. <laughs> do you think she's... Do you how, What percentage of it do you think is being a... Grown-up, senior member at the top, top, highest level of our government trying to do the right thing for America, which it all is. Uh-huh. What percentage is that, and what percentage is just the cold, hard calculation that this would be bad for us politically? I think Nancy Pelosi has all of the emotional attachment to the country that a snake does that makes its way along the ground, searching for a place to sun itself on a rock. Um, I think it's purely a political calculation. And it just, it was just, it's just a great benefit that this is also the right thing to do for the country. Sure, yeah. Any speaker should say, no, no, no. We, we can't just be impeaching people left and right because we don't like them. Because we get all, it's all true. We get all bogged down all the time. Mm-hmm. And the opposition party always hates the current president and thinks they're unfit for office. Right. Or at least in modern times. Well, they're not. I'm sorry. Did you have more? There was, uh, they're not unrelated points. The reason it's a cold hearted but accurate political calculation that it's a mistake is that the great conscience of the American people, the American people, will will respond negatively to it. We'll say, don't stop doing that. It's not helping. It's not good. Well, she also said at one point... And she's right. In the long interview, she also said, you know, this doesn't get much attention. She also said Trump is ethically, intellectually, morally unfit to be president. Well, that didn't like your opinion, Have man. you even heard that? Have you even heard that this, since last night? No. Her saying no impeachment got all the attention. Right. The Speaker of the House said the sitting president is intellectually, ethically, and morally unfit to be president. Doesn't even make the news. He's too <laughs> dishonest and stupid to be the president. Doesn't even make the news. That's a hell of a thing to say. where we live now. The Speaker of the House. Really? Not some whack job in the wackiest whack job in the party. The Speaker of the freaking House. Correct. Um, third in line to be president. But that anyway, is accurate, sir. But anyway, uh, what was the other thing? That's gonna... Oh, oh, she said it. She said, "Look, some of you, some people don't know this. Impeachment is not removal. The House could impeach him, but the Senate is not going to remove him." So that she's, just, yeah. she's just going with the hard, cold reality of it. Yes, and it's well, you know, okay, it's it's worth pointing out that everybody throws around impeachment as if it's removal. It's interesting that she's pointing that out to her own caucus. I think she or, believes... Or perhaps her caucus the supporters, uh, now that I think about it, sure. I think she yeah. believes some of the college girls don't know that. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, right, and I'm starting to get get down to the brassiest of brass tacks. So the House says, that's it. We impeach you. We impeach thee. We impeach thee. We impeach thee. And you have to say that three times on uh-huh. the, the floor. That's, yeah. how, that's what the Constitution yeah. says. And then the Senate will go, uh, no, when they get the case, and boom, it's over. I'm not sure we get out of the House. There are 33. The Republicans would all vote no. Correct. There are 33 Democrats that won in Trump districts. One of which is quoted in that Washington Post article saying, when I go home, nobody talks about impeachment. They talk about health care. They talk about taxes. Nobody's talking about impeachment. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that she's got a majority of the House to get it through. Okay. All right. Appearing after uh, Pelosi ruled out impeachment on MSNBC's hardball, progressive billionaire Tom Steyer was saying, I think... What she's saying is, regardless of the information, regardless of how unfit he is, we're waiting for Republican permission to go forward and hold him accountable for his crimes. There you go. That's one way to look at a representative government. (laughs) The billionaire who's funding the impeach Trump movement says Pelosi's looking for permission from the Republicans. That's quite a divide. Hey, you know what? If you're a Republican or you swing right or whatever... You've got to just love Tom Steyer. You've got to love the college girl wing of the Democratic Party. I mean, there could be nothing better for you than a guy who is so crazed. I mean, he's like a, speaking of college, he's like a teenage boy, but his lust is not for girls. It's for uh, impeachment. And he's just, he's completely out of control. At what, do you think AOC will at some point just completely split with the speaker? Yes. I mean, basically announce war on the speaker. If I had to guess, I'd say yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure there's any other way. Joined by old Rashida Tlaib and the uh, nice Muslim gal from Minnesota there. Ishan Tharoor. Uh, that's somebody different. What's her name? Ilum. Il- Ilum. Ilum. Anyway. Yeah, there, I think, yeah, I think there will be a big, giant, ugly split, which I will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Seriously, the times we live in are such that the Speaker of the House can say the president is not fit to be in office in any way you can think of. Too crooked and stupid. (laughs) It doesn't make the news. Nope. That was quite something. (laughs) You know, right. That's just amazing. Amazing. If John Boehner had said... Barack Obama is not fit ethically, morally, or intellectually to be president of the United States. It had been the discussion for a week or months to come. Nope. No one even cares now. We assumed you thought that. I've already moved on. Odd times. I say. It's so crazy. Sean did it first, by the way. Sean was the first to point something out yesterday. Now everybody's jumping on it. We, we got to get to that. All right. I want full credit. I'm just over here driving the boat. Everyone else is riding my wake for being the cool show. And this is one of my favorite teases of all time. They've come up with an artificial intelligence voice that is gender neutral. Because people are bothered by the whole, why is uh, Amazon got a woman's voice or stereo woman's voice? Are we servants or whatever? And then if it's a man, oh, only men can do the work. Women can't do the job. So you uh-huh. got to come up with a gender <laughs> Genderless voice. You're making me want to be dead. We've got a tape of the first AI general gender, genderless voice coming up for you. Where would you like directions to? That's your prediction. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Am I a man or a woman? You don't know. <laughs> Stay tuned. You want uh, Mexican food? Yeah, there's the place. 
Just, <laughs> just tell. <laughs> Can't do the voice of a mom. There's a place just down the block. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I thought you sound like a man there for a second. Nope. And toward the end, you sound like a woman. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Milwaukee is the fact that it's the only major American city to have ever elected three socialist mayors. Does this guy know how to party or what? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Alice Cooper explaining to Wayne from Wayne's World the history of Milwaukee, where Hmm. the Democrats have announced they will have their convention. And I was reading up on the socialist history of Wisconsin, which I know something about because I, I read a lot about this sort of stuff. It's perhaps your most socialist-friendly state in our nation's history. Amazing. Having had, as you just heard from Alice Cooper, the rock star, uh, three socialist mayors um, and a variety of other candidates and movements and that sort of stuff all over the uh, all over the um, all over the years. And back in the day, in the early 20th century, you would talk about, if you're out on the trail and you're like on Trump's side, you would talk about, they're trying to Milwaukeeize America. That's a phrase that was used regularly in politics. Wow. Trying to Milwaukeeize America. The liberals are out here trying to Milwaukeeize America. You stand up on the stump and wow. shout anywhere in America. Because everybody knew that meant make Get it a social Get out of here, huh? Wow, I didn't know that. No city in America has stronger ties to socialism than Milwaukee, said this historian quoted uh, in a newspaper article I read. Interesting. Interesting. That kind of puts me in the mood for another round of Name the President, but (laughs) maybe in a few minutes. Now, is that why they chose uh, Milwaukee? I think it's because they lost Wisconsin by like 10,000 votes. Maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both? Maybe they're thinking, what about Milwaukee? We we lost that because Hillary wouldn't go there. Uh, Hey, did you know it's also uh, like a... uh, I'd bet a socialism in it, but wait a minute, really? And it tipped the scales. Could be. Anyway, interesting. As we learned there from Wayne's World. Well, where, <laughs> it's where you get history. American classic. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Really the Moby Dick of oh. the, uh, the <laughs> early 90s or, or late exposure, 80s, whatever it was. My first exposure to classical music is from Looney Tunes. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sean, by the way, the first person to mention Wayne's World when Milwaukee came up yesterday when the news broke. And then I saw that Wayne's World clip on MSNBC this morning, and I thought, no, we, we, were, we were faster. Sean was faster hmm. with the Wayne's World quote. Yeah, a moment of pride for the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. <laughs> so there have been so you know, this whole gender thing is complicated now in the modern world. It didn't used to be that complicated, but it's complicated now. And, uh, it's not as complicated as some would have you believe. <laughs> it doesn't seem complicated to me. But because you're a bigot, some people are bothered by the fact that someone decided you should have a female voice for Siri and for your Amazon Echo and for a variety of other things. My wife has uh, dove dived into her uh, her Apple Maps and has discovered, you know, you can have the uh, the voice be a number of different things. She's gone with an Irish woman. 
with a delightful lilt. Really? Telling her to, you know, take the next 10. So one of the theories that I, I believe as to why most of these AI app voices were women to begin with is because our first exposure to this as a culture was how from the what was it the Odyssey movies the space 2001 Odyssey, yeah, space, yeah, 2001 Odyssey yeah. space Odyssey and people were worried that if we gave them a product that sounds like how people will freak out and not use it because how wanted to kill us but yes you, but, but so some people are bothered by it's a woman's voice oh so we're servants women you can't win on these things right. no when hurricanes were always named after women oh so oh well that's that because it's terrible the point is to be aggrieved. <laughs> No matter what happens, you must be agreed. I guarantee if it was men's voice, the complaint would be, oh, so women can't help with anything. Only right. men have answers. It's artificial intelligence, so you pick a man because you think, <laughs> all right. But so AI has developed a genderless voice. That is correct. Researchers <laughs> have launched a neutral-sounding Q, they call it, that's neither male nor female. I am Q. To fight bias and smart assistance. Best I can. The voice was created from recordings of people who identify as non-binary. Well, that's interesting. So they got a bunch of people who are non-binary, which is just something. I can declare it right now, and all of a sudden I'm not, I declare myself non-binary. Weird, really? Is my voice of any more be- benefit than anyone? I so respect you for, for declaring that. More than 4,600 testers <laughs> chose the voice they perceived as being genderless. Um, they modulated the pitch to find a range of 145 to 175 hertz. Because that's not, it's a little too high to be a woman, or right. too low, high to be a man, too Correct. low to be a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, this is all a build up to finally hearing it, and it, this is what it actually sounds like. Hi, I'm Q, the world's first genderless voice assistant. Think of me like Siri or Alexa, but neither male nor female. I'm created for a future where we are no longer defined by gender, oh but rather how we define ourselves. Oh, shut up. My voice was recorded by people who neither identify as male nor female, and then altered to sound gender neutral, putting my voice between 145 and 175 hertz. We already arranged said that. defined by audio researchers. You may be gender neutral, but, but you've, you lack a sense of entertainment. A option for okay, I get it. All right, so, shut, do shut up. I didn't realize I was going to get the speech from that uh, robot either. And a lecture. Yeah, yeah thanks nice. for the lecture. Putting aside robot. the fact that 99% of people's voices are readily identifiable as male or female, I was just gonna and ask that. nobody's bothered by I it. I was just going to ask that. If you took a million random voices in America and had people listen to them, what percentage of them would they be able to identify correctly as male or female? All but like three, I'm guessing. I'm privileged to know a wide variety of humans, and a few of them I like. They answer to all sorts of, you know, d- d- descriptions and, and, and sexual orientations and, and and the rest of it. And and you know which they are by their voice, which sex, which biological sex they are. And it's fine. It's just, this, is, this is a cure in search of a disease. Working toward a genderless society. People's, Why are we doing that? Exactly, people's voices aren't going to change. You're always going to have... Men sounding like men and women sound like women, whether you like it or not. It's just going to be the case. And you know what? In, in and men are always going to be stronger and in, faster, mostly. Well, right. Well, on average. On average, yeah. Right, right. Put me in the Olympic high jump against the gals. We'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> I actually well, like you got your new it. hydraulic hip. That's not really fair at this you, point. You know what's I would weird? watch that sport all day long. <laughs> Joe competes. No, trust me. You'd watch it for three minutes. You'd laugh hard. <laughs> then you'd turn the channel. Um, what's weird about this is that it seems to be 
rejecting the validity, the value of women and men. It seems to be advocating a bizarre sexless ideal in the face of what is clearly natural and real and universal. I mean, if anybody like goes around assaulting effeminate guys or masculine women, you're a lunatic. I want you jailed forever. Lunatic ought to be jailed forever. On the other hand, the idea that it's unhealthy and dangerous and and not to be uh, we we can't have voices that sound like women or men. We need to go for this weird a that none of the above voice. Who's who's advocating this? Who hates? womanly voices and manly voices so much that they even want this. I think you're crazy. What percentage of America is... is What did that... Play that again, the very beginning of that... If, if uh, I get accurate yeah. directions to the taco place I want to go to, I don't give a flying uh, flip if it's a man, woman, child, l- cartoon bear, or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, but she said she, he, he, she... Hi, both. I'm Q. The world's first genderless voice assistant. Oh, you Think of me, me like Siri or Alexa, but neither male nor female. That's fantastic. I'm created for a future where we are no longer defined by gender. Okay, that's it. Yeah, so we're a future where we're no longer defined by gender. What percentage of people want to work toward a future where we're no longer defined by gender at all? Like defined entirely by gender? But or that's at a all. Strong, I think at all. That's a strong man-woman. I think it's at all. You're not defined <laughs> at all by gender. Who am I to not just uh, straw men down? Straw women have rights. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show.